continue in our study of Proverbs. We're looking at Proverbs 2, 6 through 9 this morning. And, um, and this particular sermon, I wrestled over a lot. And, uh, and in some ways, it's described, I, I titled it The Path of Integrity. Uh, and we're going to look at what integrity means. Uh, it's more than just telling the truth or being honest on your taxes or being an honest business person. Uh, it's, it goes beyond that. Uh, and in the process, as I was wrestling with this passage, I realized that this is a good time to address what's at stake. How important is it that we listen to wisdom? And, and it, we're, we're confronted with decisions constantly in life, a choice to do what's right and good or a choice to do what's wrong and pay the consequences. And what's at stake? Well, I want to start with a story that will may feel like, Todd, are you serious? Is it that big of a deal? And I would argue that this story doesn't even cover it, how big of a deal it is that we walk with the Lord and that we trust Him. In 1846, there was a, a group that left Illinois, Springfield, Illinois, called the, would end up infamously being known as the Donner Reed Party. They, uh, they were a group of, uh, they, had, they had covered wagons and were heading out west they had heard about the promise of what was going on out west. They heard about the weather was better, so people maybe that were dealing with illnesses, respiratory illnesses, they might do better out there. So they got on this trip early in the spring, and it was going to take four to six months to travel to California on these, with these covered wagons. And uh, they ended up going to Missouri and picking up the Oregon Trail from there, and, uh, and they traveled along with others, sharing their stuff, caring for others. And when they got to uh, uh, Fort Bridger in Wyoming, which is in the southwest uh, side of Wyoming, um, someone came up to them and suggested that they try a different trail. His name was Lansford Hastings, and this became known as the Hastings Trail, or the Hastings Route. Um, he had not taken wagons on the trail yet, uh, he, had, he, he had said, well, listen, you can do it in shorter time. It's an easier trail. But there was money involved in the deal. There would be money that could be made if they could reroute people. So he sent out letters. Read the letters. I've got a great way for you to go. You could, don't have to go on the Oregon Trail because the Oregon Trail, even though it was a well-traveled trail, it was a tough trail. There were times you would have to take the wagon completely apart and put it on a raft take the wheels off of it. There were times that you needed to take the wagon apart and pull it up a 100-foot incline and then lower it back down. It was tough getting through the mountains out west. And with the promise that there's an easier path, there's a shortcut, the Donner-Reed group said, okay, we'll do it. And they left everybody else who continued on on that path. Well, they immediately started running into problems. They immediately hit issues when they got the first mountain range, an easy mountain range, and now they're set back, and you cannot get set back when you're going out west. It has to happen in the summer because the snows are going to catch you and stop you from getting across. You only have enough food and, in times, enough water that you can carry on these wagons. And they get into the desert by the, by the Salt Lake 
uh, by, by Salt Lake in Nevada. And as they get into that desert, they said it would take only two days, and it took five days, and they were running out of water. They lost some of their animals. Not many people had died yet, but they got to the Sierra Nevada mountain range too late. And as they began to climb that mountain, a snowstorm, a blizzard hit in October. And in that snowstorm, they were stuck. 14 feet of snow fell. And they were stuck, unprepared, unaware of how to handle this. They were not, nothing in Springfield, Illinois had prepared them for the mountains and what happened. It was a horrible story. It became an infamous story. 89 people and 20 wagons left that trail and 45 would only survive. They would, some would try and move on past and get to the other side so they could bring help back and they, they, somebody got there so that they sent help three times to try and reach them, but they basically lasted through the winter in the mountains without food and water. The best they could, they didn't know how to fish. They were next to a lake. It's now called Donner Lake if you're familiar with California. Donner's Pass and Donner Lake. That path that they chose was supposed to be easier. That path that they chose was supposed to make it quicker. Just like cheating in business makes it easier, right? Maybe you can get to it. Maybe cheating on that test in school. I can get the grade faster with less work. Maybe if I don't tell the truth in this situation, or, or maybe if I choose this path, don't we all, I mean, I have been so convicted as I've been preparing for the sermon, don't we all make deals in our head where we decide that's going to be easier for me if I pick that? So I'll pick it. I'll take the cutoff. And little do we know what we're risking. Because God is the one who is watching our paths. And in Proverbs, we are encouraged again and again to walk with integrity. What's at stake? Well, our very lives, our very stories, our families, our children. There was one person who sent letters back warning them, do not come this way. One person sent those letters and there was a guy who was at an outpost who received those letters who didn't deliver them because he wanted the money. And he got the money because the people came through of this Donna Reed party to his particular shop and they bought the supplies and what he told them was, it's going to get easier as you go, don't worry. How about that for advice? Where do you get your wisdom? Where do you get your advice? The path of integrity. The Lord is a storehouse and a shield for those who walk in integrity. Let's look at verses 6 through 9 of chapter 2, and we'll use this as our guide And as we discuss this passage. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. 
Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity every good path. The Lord is a storehouse and shield for those who walk in integrity. The Lord gives wisdom in light of the fear of the Lord. So if we were to go back to verse 5, which isn't part of our passage, you'll see that what came before this is, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. We looked at last week how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the path. It's an understanding that God is watching us. God is watching over us. God has already defined a path for us. The Oregon Trail had been set up from the time that Lewis and Clark came across the country, and that path had like clear markings on it. You could easily follow that path. When they got off the path, there was no great direction. They got lost many times. No one had gone that way before. The Lord gives wisdom, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding that. From his mouth, you see that that wisdom comes from his mouth. His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Well, what does that mean? That means that there is wisdom that's available to all of us, that all of us know. And all of us can get to it. All of us can see it. We see it in the way that the world works. You see it in the way that people treat each other. And then there's a wisdom that comes from God, and that's called special revelation. And in that special revelation, in the Word of God itself, we discover that God has given us a set of rules, the Ten Commandments, and beyond. And and He's given us this pattern that we are to follow. Just read the Sermon on the Mount and see what Jesus said about wisdom and about living. What does it mean to be wise? And God has spoken to us before we leave Springfield, while we're on the path of our life, and he is speaking to us if we'll but read his wisdom. Wisdom comes from the word of God. God has spoken with the intent that we would understand and live. He's trying to speak to us to keep us from failure, to keep us, but what about the shortcut? Listen to the Lord. Listen to wisdom. Most people that day in July kept on the Oregon Trail. They listened to the wisdom. For a few, they left and it cost them dearly. In verse 7, it says, He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Now, walking in integrity... um, Jesus, God says he stores up wisdom for the upright. As you continue to walk in wisdom, he's going to give you more wisdom and he's going to help you to understand better how it is to live and how to live in a fashion that causes you to thrive and succeed from God's perspective. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. A shield. A shield from a war perspective is keeping you from harm if there's arrows or spears being thrown at you at this time. A shield from this group's perspective is from the beating down sun and the elements that are happening. And God himself is shielding you from those difficulties if you'll just trust him. But he says it this way, he is a shield to those who walk in integrity, the path that's up on the screen. Walking in integrity. So let's stop and talk for a minute about what integrity means, since this is the main theme I want you to concentrate on this 
particular Sunday. Integrity, from a Hebrew perspective, is from the word tom. It means moral innocence, full, full integrity, perfection, simplicity, and uprightness. So moral innocence, being full, having integrity, perfection, simplicity, and uprightness. Integrity has more than just honesty. It's, it's, it's more of an issue of your heart's. Maybe, you're, maybe you've heard of the integrity being used in, regarding a piece of steel. I'm in construction. You talk about the integrity of a beam or the integrity of something that's built. A, a, to me, it means it's solid, it's strong, it's going to hold, and it's not broken. God wants us to have lives that are solid, strong, and not easily broken. Integrity has to do with the character of the person, not just whether you told the truth or didn't lie. The omission of truth can be a lie. If you want to look at what uh, dictionary.com says about integrity, it's adherence to moral and ethical principles, soundness of moral character and honesty. This is so much more than just telling the truth or not cheating on a test. This has to do with being faithful, to promises, to friendship, to being the kind of person that people can trust on, trust in and rely on. It has to do with not changing with the winds, but you remain the same. From a parent to a child perspective, it, integrity looks like not changing the rules on your kids and not changing your character midstream. Do your kids know what frustrates you, or are you just frustrated willy-nilly? Being able to be trusted upon is what integrity is about. Let's look at some of the passages as we consider. We're going to do this throughout all of the book of Proverbs from here. Because Proverbs doesn't take a section and talk about uh, humility, let's say, and put it in one section. We're going to do one chapter on humility. What it does is it speaks of these wisdom passages, and you're going to find it throughout Proverbs. So for us to understand what Proverbs says on the subject, we're going to have to look at a number of verses. If you want to write them down, that's okay. They're going to be on the screen. Thank you, team in the back, doing this for us. But starting in 11, verse 3, speaking of integrity, 11, verse 3 says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. What I want you to see in this verse is that the opposite, which is what the Hebrew poetry does, is it, it says something and then it maybe says it stronger in the poetry, and it would be done in two lines. And sometimes it says something and then gives you the opposite. So from the, the poet's perspective, the opposite of integrity is a crooked and treacherous path. A crooked and treacherous path. Proverbs 11.1, 1, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. What does that mean? Well, in this day, at this time, the marketplace was filled with balances, and you would use these balances to determine how much silver or how much gold or how much precious metal was being used to buy a particular item. And if you were a shrewd, dishonest market person, you would use false weights. These are the weights I use. 
when I'm buying something. These are the weights I use when I'm selling something. And they're not the same. I'm going to make money in the difference. And God says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. It's as if God is watching us in business. He's watching what we're doing. Which means we need to speak the truth as if God is standing right over our shoulder. We need to represent ourselves correctly in business because God is over our shoulder. Now, I have to confess being a businessman for years and being a businessman again, this is hard. Life's messy. Like, you're put in awkward positions in this world, at least in construction. I don't know how your industry is. But in construction, you are put in awkward positions trying to figure out how can you have a life in integrity in this troubled world. The, the argument today is that life of integrity is worth fighting for. Getting ahead isn't necessarily getting ahead. Proverbs twelve seventeen. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. Are you honest or false? And by the second point, we're going to get to what we do when we're false, because everyone here, if you're like, I assume you're all like me, have to admit at times we're false. Have to admit at times we're on a crooked path, and we've chosen it. So grace is coming, and we need it. <laughs> Proverbs 28.6, Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Do we believe that? Do we buy that? And then finally, Proverbs 19.1. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. I think of the Indians who said you speak with a forked tongue. What does that mean? It means you make promises out of one side of your mouth, but you don't mean it. We say things, but we don't actually mean to follow them. Are you a person of integrity? The Lord is a storehouse and a shield for those who walk in integrity. So what I'm arguing for today, ultimately, is not take a look back at your life and see if you've been on the path. Because actually I'm arguing that all of us have left it. What I'm arguing is for you to trust God. That he is the one who will make your path straight and he's the one who will get you home. I'm asking you to trust the wisdom that the Lord is a storehouse and a shield for those who walk in integrity. The Lord guards the path for those who walk in integrity. What does it mean that he guards the path? Well, let's look at verse 8. In verse 8 it says, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the ways of his saints. God sees himself and presents himself as the one who is guarding that path for justice, and he's watching over the way of his saints. Now, there were seven forts on the Oregon Trail. 
You know what those forts did? Protection and provision. They had two more forts that they hadn't gotten to. They left protection and provision to get there faster and safe, and they left security. They, in those forts, there was protection from people who would do them harm on the road, which happened in the 1840s. There were forts that had place for them to stay, to get their sustenance, to get their food supplies restored. They left all of that. And I would argue that on the path of integrity, where you walk with the Lord, is a place where God himself is that shield. He's the one who guards over your path. He's the one that's watching his saints. And his desire is to bless you. His desire is to bring you safely to the place where he's trying to get you. So with everything that we're going through, when we step off the path and say, I know a better way, I'm going I'm to go to church on Sunday and I'm going to do the things that I think will make me look like I'm living a good and godly life, but over here, I'm going to do a deal and then I'm going to ask forgiveness and God will forgive me, but I'm going to go over here and I'm going to make decisions that I think are best for me. I don't think God knows what's best for me. Would anybody be bold enough to come up here and say, I don't believe God knows what's best for me? But don't we do it every time we choose to go off the path? I mean, we don't say it in church on Sunday. When we go off the path of integrity, when we go onto a crooked road, and we choose to trust that crooked road, saying, this will be far better for me, don't you know that it's God himself who's watching? That he's the one who wanted to guard you, wanted to protect you, wanted to, he was watching over the path? The Lord watches over his saints. So let's look at chapter 28, verse 18. Whoever walks in integrity will be delivered but he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. Proverbs 3.6, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. This sermon was churning in my heart and in my gut and in my soul in a way that I was needing to repent. How about you? And then on Friday night, I went to a concert with Charlie and with Nick and with Dustin. And we went to a concert where they kept singing the gospel over and over and over again. And as I'm hearing them sing the gospel, I'm thinking, this is it. This is the point. God takes us from our broken paths and he puts us on a new path. And what does that look like? What that looks like is no matter where you are on that broken trail and no matter what decisions you've made, there is a new God's best for you because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. If we stop at this and just say, well, you just need to live wise, and if, you ha if you're off the path, good luck, dude. The problem is, the problem is, is that all of us leave the path. So without a Savior, without redemption, without the gospel, what hope is there? So wisdom and fear of the Lord for us as Christians begins with the gospel. We have a new beginning right now. We can start again. No matter what decisions you've made that are unwise and that have hurt you and others, 
I'm here to declare that today the mercies of God are new. And there is redemption. But if you leave here today and say, no, 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 I'm going to continue on my crooked path, I think that my choice is better than God's choice, I'm here to warn you. I'm here to warn you that life does not live on that path. Death does. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. That means wherever you are today, begin to acknowledge God in your story, and God himself will bring integrity into your life through Jesus Christ. Proverbs 4, 25 to 27, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Repent. Don't be swayed by, this is a, a, a main theme in Proverbs, do not be pulled off the path. There is a straight path that God intended for you, and he's saying, don't turn your way, turn away from evil and turn towards the path. So now, what does that look like? That means you're walking along on a path, and something's pulling you this way. Hey, I can look over and see that test next to me, and I could cheat right now, and I, that person's really smart. I have a better chance of getting an A. I could do it just like that. Pulling on this path, and... All of a sudden, there's this other thing that's enticing me, and there's this that's enticing me, and that that's enticing me. Don't you know what it's like to live in this world? It's constant. On Thursday, I, I don't, I'm not a guy that diets a lot, and I went on a diet, and I'm trying to not eat carbs. I'm doing low carbs. And as soon as I decide I'm not going to eat low carbs, all I see is bread. <laughs> Calling me. There was a cookie on my counter, and I'm like, get that cookie off my counter. <laughs> but isn't that like all of our lives? Isn't everything in our life, as we're walking, there is those people, that, those things, those temptations, even in our own heart, these temptations come in and say, there's a shorter path. Trust me. Let's take the cutoff. Just cheat a little. If you turn from evil to God, the Lord will put you on the path of integrity. That's the heart of the gospel. That Jesus Christ died to pay for our sinful choices. And from a spiritual perspective, that means on that pass, on Donner's pass, when they're stuck, they can cry out to the Lord. And spiritually speaking, he's their savior. And he will put them on a level path. The Lord guards the path for those who walk in integrity. The Lord showers blessing on those who walk in integrity. Look at the last verse, verse 9. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. This is the result, is that we have understanding and clarity, and we can see this is the right way to go. God has laid out a path for us in his word, and when we follow that, I thrive. 
When I follow that, I become a better dad. I become a better husband. I become a better man. My friendships are friendships people can rely on. I listen to the wisdom of a gentle word turns away wrath. I listen to the wisdom that, about peace in a home, and I fight for that because I want what God has promised, and I believe that God has promised it when I follow him. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity in every good path. God's plan is to bring goodness into our lives and into the world. Equity in every good path. He wants goodness for us. He wants us to flourish. Most of that wagon train followed the path and learned later about the fate of those who chose the shortcut. I watched a special on Bernie Madoff. I didn't know anything about him before I watched the special. So you you guys are probably way ahead of me on knowing about Bernie Madoff. But Bernie Madoff, for most of his career, was looked up as one who had the highest integrity. And the reality was, He was among the most dishonest. And it all came crashing down. And it cost him his family. It cost him his life. It cost him his reputation. It cost him... And his whole goal for the last 10 years of his time where no one knew yet that he was cheating and lying and deceiving, it looked like his path was straight. But all of his wealth and all of his honor and all of that story was a lie. And it came out as a lie and it cost him everything. And oh, I imagine when he's sitting in prison and his kids won't talk to him anymore, I wonder how he thought, I wish I could go back and do it different. I wish I could go back and pick a different path. Wisdom is calling to each of us. Pick the path where the Lord showers blessing. In Proverbs 10.9, it says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. When? Well, sometimes it goes a long time before anybody catches him, before what you're doing is found out. But eventually, hints of it come through. Eventually, people start not trusting you, not seeing you as trustworthy. Proverbs 20, verse 7, the righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. You want to be a blessing to your children? Walk in integrity. Wisdom is calling to each of us, choose the God-fearing life of integrity, and he will show you, he'll show us what good he has planned for us. The year was 1846 when they left Illinois. And between 1846 and 1847, the families made it to California with 45 of out of 89 surviving. It's a horrible story. They have a 
monument up to it that shows how high the snow was and tells the story of how wretched their story was. The other wagons that made that trip made it fine. It was hard. Life's hard. Nothing like us driving across. Jeannie and I decided to fly out to California because we didn't want to drive for three days. Theirs took four to six months, and they arrived. But if you know your history, what happened in the next two years? The gold rush. And the people that made it to California would find riches and wealth. But for the Donner family, for the Reed family, they became infamous as the people who chose the short path and with all that means. The folks who made it had a rich inheritance waiting for them if they would have chose the level path. I'm here to declare, Christians, God has given us a path that if we'll stay on it and we'll walk with Him and we'll trust Him and we'll fear Him, that He has riches prepared for you. And what are those riches? I'm I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about riches that matter. Found in relationships, found uniquely with our relationship with God above everything else and with the church. One of the girls, Virginia Reed, was 13 years old when they made that trip. And she wrote a letter back to family members in 1847. We have got through with our lives. Don't let, her, don't let this letter dishearten you. Never take no cutoffs and hurry along as fast as you can. That's a 14-year-old's advice to her family. Never take no cutoffs and hurry along as fast as you can. Hurry on the road of integrity. My encouragement this morning to you is to examine your life and repent of any way that you've chosen to not walk in integrity before it's too late. And choose life. And never take no cutoff and hurry along as fast as you can. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm uniquely grateful this morning for Jesus. As I examine my life and look at the ways that I haven't feared you or trusted you in the ways that I could have, I am thankful for forgiveness. I'm thankful for grace. I'm thankful that you pick us up from where we are and put us on a level path. Father, I pray this morning that many would repent, and I pray this morning that you would redeem. In Jesus' name, amen.